Some of you are going to find this a bit incredulous, but here's something that federal, state, and local governments all tell us to do that we should actually listen to. Eat more fruits and vegetables. You've heard about the health benefits of increasing plant-based nutrients into your diet, but how can you easily consume all the fruits and veggies needed? Well, it's easy. By adding Grown American Superfood and Essential Vitamins Plus Immunity into your meals. Grown American Superfood and Essential Vitamins Plus Immunity is a power blend that has 31 fruits and vegetables in every scoop. Organic vegetables, super greens, super fruits, and super sprouts. It is fortified with essential vitamins plus an immunity boost. And right now, you can get a free two-week supply of Grown American Superfood and Essential Vitamins Plus Immunity by just paying $8.95 for the shipping and handling. And not only that, you'll also get a free frother to quickly whip up your healthy and nutritious grown American drink. Go to grownamericansuperfood.com forward slash John and order today. Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with bite clear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite clear aligners are doctor directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. This is the John Fugelsang Podcast. This is SiriusXM, Progress After Dark. I'm John Fugelsang. Welcome to the love fest that is Tell Me Everything. Coming at you for the next three hours with music and history and facts and logic and reason. And something approaching humor, bringing you to the verge of entertainment. 866-997-4748 is our number. We are here to bring good trouble to the right-wing bubble. 866-997-GRIT for the next three hours. And what a show we have planned for you. Our executive producer, Chris Hauselt, is back. Our amazing producer, Thea Harper, is back. Also tonight, we got a we got a good. Sh- How did this happen? This is such a good show. The gods must know we're, we're cooking up new opening music. You know, this new CNN has uh, got a pretty hot show. It's Friday night. You know what they have on there? Uh, oh, yeah. Got, well, who's uh, our competition? Who's they got, our competition? Here, here, you know we're up against? Chris Wallace is sitting down with Dr. Phil. He caught up with Phil oh, for an boy. exclusive one-on-one exclusive. He well, caught how up do you land? Him. How do you land that He had that to catch one? up with him. He, he, he was able to catch up with him. He caught up with Dr. Phil for an exclusive one-on-one. I, so there you I, go. Had, to, I had to stop uh, scolding a wayward teen to make time for this, so it better be good. I'd like to remind everyone out there that I haven't spent my entire career trying to be a quack selling you fake vitamins, and I need Dr. Oz to make me look ethical. Mm, beautiful thing. Oh, beautiful thing. Oh, 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 Chris Licht. They're going to get the ratings. You'll see. Dr. Phil on a Friday night? I don't know. I think, I think uh, my elderly loved ones might turn off Fox for that. Uh, let's do a show. <laughs> happy Pride Month to everybody, and uh, happy Heterosexual Fragility Month to all who celebrate. Yes, Pride Month used to mean this is a time to counteract decades and centuries of LGBT shame embedded into generation after generation. Pride instead of shame, but now... Now it also means something different. All of a sudden, it has become Heterosexual Fragility Month and Homophobe Awareness Month. Over 1,500 species of creatures on this planet, brothers and sisters, have been documented engaging in same-sex carnality. Only one (laughs) has hang-ups about this. Now, why is there suddenly a new resurgence in homophobia? Because pride parades have been around for years now. Festivals, they proliferated the country. Drag has really found a place in mainstream media I never thought possible, thanks to our friend RuPaul. And so many of the people that are on RuPaul's Drag Race have gotten roles in movies and TV shows. And of course, for a couple of decades now, giant retailers have pushed LGBTQ merchandise. It's Pride Month. You want to show that you care about all Americans. You want to reach out and show your business is friendly to all Americans. You want to draw in as many shoppers as you can. It's good business. It's how capitalism helps bring about a more decent society. But despite the growing visibility in mainstream culture, marriage equality has been the law of the land for almost eight years. But this year, our conservative brothers and sisters are waging a nasty war. 
on corporations and organizations and any individual who expresses support for the LGBTQ community. You know, it's sort of the golden age of indirect douchebaggery. When they can't go after you for having an abortion, they'll go after anyone who drives you across state lines for having an abortion. They'll have bounties on anyone who helps a woman get an abortion. Ron DeSantis won't censor any words or expressions in Florida schools, but he'll allow anyone to sue those schools. And they don't like the words said. And of course, they're doing it now. They're not going to attack gay people. They'll attack corporations for not hating gay people. It's bizarre. This is the anti-culture crowd of the right wing, and they are full-time on the cancel culture tour. Human Rights Campaign put out a statement yesterday signed by over 100 different organizations condemning the American right wing's extremist playbook of attacks. The statement said their goal is clear, to prevent LGBTQ plus inclusion and representation, silence our allies, and make our community invisible. These attacks fuel hate against LGBTQ plus people, just as we've seen this year with more than 500 anti-LGBTQ plus bills that restrict basic freedoms and aim to erase LGBTQ plus people. And groups that are trying to end pride parades uh, are scaring a lot of people and it's working. Many communities that traditionally have some kind of pride parade are either restricting the attendance to adults only or they're, they're, they're canceling a lot of drag shows all over the place. I mean, Texas, Montana, Florida, Arkansas have all passed laws this year banning anybody from under age 18 from live performances that meet the conservative white male lawmakers definition of inappropriate. It's so pathetic, isn't it? We are at 866-997-4748. I got all these clips I want to play of Secretary of State Blinken talking about how Russia has been decimated, but I want to talk to you guys instead. Let's go to the phone, shall we? Anne is calling from the beautiful state of Virginia. Anne, thank you so much for your patience. Hi. Hey, John. Hey. Um, yeah, I'm from Virginia Beach, originally from Long Island. There's oh, no the- way. That's my, my two hometowns. Right, right. And, um, I knew your cousin. I was in drum corps with him years ago. Oh my! Um, yeah, Billy, Billy Kugelsang. Yeah, so, I didn't. I didn't actually know. I didn't. We, they're like very distant cousins. I never. I, I met that guy one time, and he was a very lovely guy. But I, I never actually yeah. knew those folks. Fugelsang is uh, a bit more common uh, than you'd think, <laughs> especially at a Copenhagen yeah, brothel. My mom told me years ago. I said, "What does that mean?" She said, "Bird song." Yeah, I guess it means so bird song. That's what she yeah. I tell gullible women that Twitter is named after me. So that's that's how I get around that. Okay. There you go. Yeah. Like I told you, last time we talked, I just love your comedy. I saw you Thanks. in D.C. at the Sexy Liberal. Thanks. thought your, your, your hunk was Carlin-esque. I mean, it was great. You were That's fantastic. the nicest thing you could say about my hunk. Thank you. <laughs> and I wanted to tell you, tonight we uh, I'm in a band called The Story Weavers out of Norfolk, Virginia. Lesbian women, uh, I'm trans, and we did a Pride event in Mantia, North Carolina. Mm -hmm. So beautiful. It was a beautiful little seaside town. Everybody was pride and happy and loved. And, of course, we had right-wingers show up. Of course. And they had to throw their little hissy fit. They didn't raise much of a stink. But the thing was, we talked about it in the band, and... You know, we said everybody was angry at them. And I said, you know, this is our chance. Yes. You can't let them get you. This is yes. our chance to show them love. And like from the Sermon on the Mount, you got to love these people. It's well, that's, that can be hard. I mean, sometimes it's easier to love them than to like them. But it's also a great yeah. opportunity for you to do what Biden's doing, because people like that are a great chance to make you look really good. And, and yeah. there's always a value in that as well. That's true. I mean, because if we're upset, they're just getting what they want. Yeah, because, exactly. You know, but you can look classier than right. ever and make make your opponents yeah. look like idiots with no clear agenda. I like that. Yeah, because it's easy to do. Hey, but by the way, there weren't there weren't any there weren't any children at this show, right? Because uh, I'd hate to think that you were grooming them to be trans. <laughs> oh no, they brought all their children, and they were encouraging their ten and eleven year old children. To go out and, like, get in our stuff and, you know, oh. get in front of the band. And, oh. Yeah, it was sad. It was so, sad. But, but, but then the, the, I guess their kids got groomed and they're all trans now, right? Because that, that's what I heard on Tucker. Hopefully I did my job and I really got my <laughs> quota tonight. 
of turning trans, turning kids. You trans. did your job. Your job is to ungroom people because the thing that people are groomed with in this country is homophobia. We are groomed with it. We are programmed with it, and it is our job to ungroom our loved ones from this yeah. disgusting virus that was put into them without their knowledge when they were very young. And they're groomed with guns. The gun yeah, that too. is ridiculous. That's but true. I just want to let you know that, you know, we ran into some of that crap tonight, and uh, we just fought it with love. Right on. So. I'm so glad to hear that, Ann. Thank you so much. Don't be a stranger. Call us more often, please. We are at 866-997-4748. 866-997-GRIT. Let me go to Brian in Oregon. Hi, Brian. Hey, John. Uh, Ann's great. Um, those parents are really grooming. It's just a weird deal that she had to put up with with the parents shoving the kids into the thing. Yes. Jesus. Those 10-year-old yeah. kids all have no idea what the hell's going on anyways. No, of course not. But I mean, yeah. but that's that's how they managed to do it. That's how you take a child and turn the child into a bigot. Yeah, well, I think uh, I think they're going to, uh, It's gonna, <laughs> there's going to be a boomerang effect on, on that system. Um, hopefully. Yeah. Hope to hell. John, I've got, uh, let's see, Kindle. I was thinking about Kindle last night. Our good I friend Kindle called, yeah. I didn't call in last night because of the NBA Finals. So, um, <laughs> well, the, I had to root on my nuggets. <laughs> so, anyway, yeah. but I heard Kindle's call, and I was I got the population of South Dakota, because I know he lives in South Dakota. And the idea that he's, the house is, his house is going to be broken into is just... Oh, yeah. It's ludicrous. That's why he needs he, he needs semi-automatic weaponry, uh, even though he's never there and he's on the road all the time. He needs to have that so he can convert any pistol into a semi-automatic and yeah. mow down the fools trying to take over his homestead. Yeah. yeah. Speaking well, just, speaking of grooming, I mean, there's eight hundred and something thousand people live in South Dakota. The, mm-hmm. uh, the, uh, anyway, so I, uh, that's uh, Kendall. Just Look, crime still, crime still happens, and I'm not against personal firearm ownership at all. But Kendall called in yesterday lying, saying, oh, do, are you happy that all the, the biggest gun grab in history? And, you know, zero yeah, yeah. guns were actually grabbed, and that ruling was already overturned. So it's just like, again, the people with the guns who, 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 who see all the mass shootings and see all the slaughter, and they do all they can to stop any kind of reform that might stop all the slaughter— well, they're telling us they're the victims. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it just is insane. And um, it, I don't know, in South Dakota, of all places, I could understand that maybe, and God knows, maybe in Ohio, yeah. where Tim, yeah. Tim, uh, not Tim, um, Jim Jordan Mike. district. Yeah, oh, mm-hmm, exactly. Yeah, but, <laughs> but um, my thought, I've been trying to I was reminisce last year, um, and this year I've kind of swallows, our bond swallows, are, and I think it's a climate thing, have been drastically reduced. We used to have swallows here all, all like all over the eaves of the house. Really? And, our, and our swallows keep, we got the, they came back, the, the ones that nest over our front to the, well, Luckily, there's no guano in front of the door, so it's right. But but are they are they coming? Are they coming like later or earlier in the season, or are they just not coming in as great a number as you've been used to on the farm? There's a fraction of the ones coming. Okay. And I don't know. It could be they're staying farther south uh, or going north. I don't really uh, know. You know, I haven't. Maybe they found a farm. Maybe they found a farmhouse. They like. Maybe they found another farmhouse in the area. They like better near it. There's no other farmhouse. We had them all over our. Like our barns, our old milk parlor building, and our calf barn, we call it, in the eaves uh, oh under my. the loft. I mean, you okay. walk in there, you get, like, strafed by swallows. Wow. And, uh, well, now you, I've got old, something else to be farmer. horrified about existentially, so thank you. <laughs> I don't mind the swallows. They're, not, <laughs> they're actually pretty docile, but they uh, protect their young. Um, okay. So anyways, that is just I think that's some sort of... Uh, and I was waiting for this year, but it's the same thing. There's just a fraction of them. And our ones came that are over the front uh, door. And uh, But I think that's some sort of barometer. It's not quite the canary in the coal mine, but... Something no, going it's, on it's, with the, our barn. The barn it's not the canary in the coal mine. It's the it's it's, it's the swallow in the in the, in the in the climate change hellscape. So l- let me know how that goes over the season, and and if you hear anything about trends about that, because that's really 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 terrifying to think that it would affect. But of course, it'll affect bird migration. It's going to affect everything. It's going to affect people migration for the next several decades. Brian, yeah, thank you so not- much for the call. We got. I'm sorry, we got to hit a hard break. Thank you, man. 
If you're on hold, stay there. We'll get to your call. We'll be right back with the great Dr. Jason Nichols. Let's get back into the politics of the day. We're at 866-997-4748. We're getting to every call tonight. This is Progress After Dark. Hi there. It's Julia Louis-Dreyfus. You may know me from my podcast called Wiser Than Me, where I talk to older women and get their wisdom from the front lines of life. I was amazed by how many people told me our show made them look forward to getting older, which is why I'm here to talk about season two of the show. Sally Field, Billie Jean King, Beverly Johnson, Ina Garten, Bonnie Ray, just to name a few. All hail old women. Wiser Than Me season two is out now from Lemonada Media. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. Hey everybody, it's Michael Steele, host of the Michael Steele Podcast. Each week, I discuss key political and cultural issues joined by America's leading activists, experts, and academics for conversations that transcend political boundaries. And that's the point. I want you to join me as we work through real solutions, have honest conversations, just keeping it real, and having a little fun on the side. So listen to the Michael Steele podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Spreaker, or wherever you get your podcasts on, because you know I love it when you do. Welcome back. We're going to be joined very shortly by Dr. Jason Nichols of the University of Maryland. Anthony is on the line from Washington. Oh, there's... Hey, Anthony, welcome. You're on SiriusXM. Oh, hey, John. Hi. Ago. And I think these culture wars that the Republicans push is because they don't have any policy yes. for their base. Yes. So they give their base somebody to hate. Blame Preach. Them. That's why you're poor. That's why you're not being successful is because of the black man, the brown man, the gay man, the transgender person. And it breeds that division, too. That's it. And it's got that knee-jerk reaction now with the Republicans. If Democrats like voting, they're just voting. Democrats like freedom, they're just freedom. Democrats like unions, they got to be against unions, even though it's hurting themselves, in the same way with Social Security and Medicare. I can't wait yeah. to start seeing them coming out against that. That's right. If Democrats like it, we automatically have to be against it. Oh, they're already coming out against it. They'll they'll call it entitlement reform instead of, you know, have some cat food, Nana. Or, or they'll they'll talk about, well, we don't want to cut it, but we want to raise the eligibility age. Well, that's 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 cutting it. But I think you you nailed it to me. It's it, you know, Bob Dylan did it in the song only a pawn in their game. He had completely he was 22 years old and he nailed it in, in the height of the civil rights movement. A South politician preaches to the poor white man. You got more than the blacks. Don't complain. You're better than them. You've been born with white skin. They explain. And the Negro's name is used. It is plain for the politicians gain as he rises to fame and the poor white remains on the caboose of the train. But it ain't him to blame. He's only a pawn in their game. The powerful ones aren't racist, but they know they can use the racism to manipulate the peasants. And it works. Yeah, and I wish the Democrats... Uh, I don't know why the Democrats are so quiet. You know, I can't look at the Internet or the news or anything without seeing Marjorie Taylor Greene, Matt Gates, or one of these wackadoodles on there espousing the stupidest ideas... And I'm thinking, where's AOC? Where's Biden? Where's they're there. They're out there. They're just they're they're out there. They're just fighting for actual policy measures. I mean, my God, look at what Sh- Sheldon Whitehouse is a hero. Bernie Sanders, Elizabeth Warren. I mean, look 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 at look at Barbara Lee. They're out there. They're just not grandstanding, doing phony little politico things to to get on the news that night. They're fighting for real policy. Yeah, but I wish we could see that more. That's the thing. I, I don't think the I general public at large is seeing that. And I, I just well, wish we would see I know. more of that. Well, we got to find ways to get Democrats to do more 
Democrats have to do more ridiculous performative stunts like me. Hey, thank you so much for the call, Anthony. It's a pleasure to hear from you. But right now, Dr. Jason Nichols is waiting in the wings. Dr. Nichols is an award-winning full-time senior lecturer in the African-American Studies Department at the University of Maryland College Park. I'm so glad Jason comes here every week to help us make sense of the week we've almost escaped. You may have seen him or read him in The Guardian, Al Jazeera, Fox News, um, Newsmax, MSNBC. Jason, it's so good to have you back. Welcome to SiriusXM. Hey, thank you. It's always great to be here with my brother. So, you know, it's great being here. Well, thank you. It's It's been an insane week. It, it seems like this debt deal is for real. It passed the House. It's most likely going to pass the Senate. Most likely Biden will sign it. And I'm left wondering, you know, is this a real victory or was this just a complete made up piece of bullshit that never should have happened? There never should have been this controversy. The media used it for ratings. The Republicans used it to try to get their agenda going. Biden used it to try to get the budget of next year resolved. I mean, like, like, did did we have to go through this, doctor? That's my question. Did of we have to not. go through this stress? <laughs> of course not. We did not have to go through this. We did not have to think about people not getting their Social Security checks or losing eight million jobs or veterans benefits being delayed. Uh, we didn't have to go through any of that. We didn't have to think about the fact that people might not get Medicaid. But again, I think your your previous caller actually made a really good point in that they're, the, the Republicans and their policy is really uh, devoted to this idea of taking away or punishing the poor and elevating the wealthy and they really don't have any other real serious policy proposals number one it's to save joe biden and 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 i think there's a thing that we're all missing about this on the political angle because i think biden needed to get this deal done and i think he's the clear winner out of this because you know he comes across as bipartisan he negotiated he didn't try to do what Chuck Schumer and other people said, which was no deals. It has to be a clean debt ceiling, you know, elevation. You know, he he actually came to the table. He didn't try the 14th Amendment. He was like, we need to do this um, the, you know, the old fashioned way with negotiation. And that's what he ran on. He ran on this idea that he could reach across the aisle. He could get things done in any negotiation. You don't get everything you want. But I think politically, he comes out the winner. Now, what would have happened had we defaulted? Number one, on a political angle, I think Joe Biden would have lost in 2024. Yeah. But I think Kevin McCarthy realizes that while people would have held Joe Biden responsible, those swing districts that Republicans, some Republicans were able to be successful in, and they hope to be successful in it in uh, 2024, those were going to go to go to Democrats and people were going to hold Republicans responsible in Congress. Yeah, not in the deep red places, but we realized that, you know, it's a really slim margin and they would lose it. So yeah. and he would lose the speakership. So they both had a political reason to come to the table. And that's why I think there was there was leverage on both sides. And that's why you didn't get this really, really imbalanced deal that we all thought was going to happen. We thought Republicans were just willing to sink the economy. And it turns out they realized that there was going to be a political cost to that and they weren't going to go through with it. And And I think under normal circumstances, we would be saying that Kevin McCarthy was a winner out of this, too. But these aren't normal circumstances. His right flank. You know, is is not in line with anything. They just want to, you know, if yes. they can't strangle, you know, the Democrats, then they'll literally sink the entire economy and That's take it. away people's retirements. And like this would have been disastrous, disastrous, something we would not have gotten over for decades. But yet this is what the Republicans uh, were putting on the table. And I think Joe Biden did a really good deal. Did a, or did a really good job. It wasn't perfect. Um, I, I understand why Bernie Sanders and others aren't voting for it. I probably, if I were in Congress, funny, Matt Gates asked me, you know, he asked me, would you what? vote for this deal? Mm-hmm. And I said, if I knew it was going to pass, no. 
I wouldn't vote for it because I, I wouldn't want to dignify what just occurred. And I right. think the next step needs to be to get rid of this whole debt ceiling debate all the time. Like we just well, but they did. Risk. They did. Because I, I was saying last night, doctor, that maybe Biden's greatest victory in here was taking away all of Kevin McCarthy's leverage for 2023. They, they were supposed to go through this again in 10 months next March and go through another right. debt ceiling battle. And Biden, I mean, we're wrong to say they got them to raise the debt ceiling. They got them to agree to no debt ceiling until 2025. This was going to be the big play. They were going to cripple Biden during his primary season by causing another brinksmanship shutdown. I don't know how Joe Biden did it, but he completely took that bargaining chip away from Kevin McCarthy. Yeah, I, you know, and, and again, I have to call out some people that I know who I consider to be kind of, you know, like me, leftists, right? who are upset with Joe Biden about this and saying, you know, uh, they're upset about student loan forgiveness, which, by the way, they're basically letting the SCOTUS decide this. They didn't take it away. They're letting the SCOTUS decide it, which we kind of know where the SCOTUS is going to go with that. But they didn't take away what Joe Biden tried to do. They're just saying, right. in the meantime, you have to pay. You know, that... Right, right. I mean, this is co- this is more COVID-related than Biden's policy. But the Senate right. today, as you know, passed this Republican-led legislation uh, trying to overturn everything, the $20,000 yeah. student loan debt relief. And um, it's going to probably most likely get vetoed by the White House right away. It was 52 to 46. I- I'm not really sure why they did it, but there's Joe Manchin. And, and I want to talk about Joe Manchin with you. There's Kirsten Cinema. There's John Tester all voting in favor of this today. At the same time, I'm I'm a bit confused why Manchin's angry, because the reason progressives I've talked to were really mad about the debt deal is um, the environmental provisions. You know, it's not just how much they're going to allow more fossil fuel permits. The whole thing is this this Mountain Valley Pipeline, this natural gas project through Appalachia that's been tied up with, with environmental litigation for years. It is the dream of uh of of fossil fuel puppet joe manchin and this was biden's big compromise for all of the change he got for all the climate advances in the inflation reduction act they said okay great tim kane is furious about this ben jealous is furious about this right now and a lot of people in the environmental movement which got biden elected are are calling it a betrayal and i want to ask your opinion on it because i sort of think pissing off the left is how Democrats get reelected. <laughs> but I'm wondering what your take on it is. Yeah, well, I'll say this. I think Joe Manchin, I think John Tester has a chance of winning. I think Joe Manchin's career is over. Could be. Uh, I, think, I think Jim Justice is going to beat him in West Virginia. We have to remember, I, and I live, what, an hour, hour and a half, hour and 15 from mm-hmm. West Virginia. I spent time out there. And I can tell you, you are not going to get for people on the left. I always tell them you're not going to do better than Joe, than Joe Manchin in West Virginia. I know. I know. It's <laughs> it's a sad fact. But you have to remember that Donald Trump won West Virginia by almost 40 points. It's yeah. the Trumpiest state in the nation. That's what I keep and saying. Manchin is as good as it's going to get Democrats. Right. And I don't think he's going to win. I think he's going to no. lose. So. You know, people talking about we need somebody other than Joe Manchin. I'm like, all right, go for it. But, you know, it, it's it's not going to he actually has a chance. But I, I still think Jim Justice is going to beat him there. Um, mm. John Tester, I think, has a chance. I don't think Kirsten Cinema has a chance. I think she's out of there uh, yeah, one way or the other. Right. Um, so I think, you know, Kirsten Cinema just is angry. <laughs> you know what I mean? I think she's just angry at the left. She's angry at Democrats. Um, and she's trying to stick it to them uh, in on one in one sense, and in the other sense, I think she just um, she just this is who she is. These are her true colors. No, you're right. Um, you're right, man. Can, but can I, about, you know, go ahead. I, I think Tim Kaine has every right to be upset because he wasn't consulted. I think they should have. You should give him a heads up. You know what yeah. I mean? And be like, look, this is what is going to happen because. We have to get this done. And I think Tim Kaine would have been more amenable to it. I think it was the fact that he felt like it was all done. It's in his backyard, but done without his knowledge. And I think that's frustrating um, for him. Also, because this this also comes right after Joe Biden's White House just approved this massive oil and gas drilling project in Alaska. 
that, you know, that was already called the biggest betrayal on climate of the Biden presidency. And I've always said, doctor, that I think Joe Biden is the best president on climate we've ever had. I've never heard a president who could talk about the science of it with more authority and and experience than him. I I guess this is what deal making is more poison in the air and water. We had a budget. It's frustrating. Um, It's definitely frustrating. We just have to understand um, in, in, in terms of, first of all, with any deal, and I know this is going to be frustrating for the listeners to hear, but with any deal, you have to give something up. Like yeah. you, you, when you negotiate, you're not going to get everything that you want, particularly when the people out there are trying to uh, basically undo the Inflation Reduction Act. That's right. And there were a lot of positive things in there. Um, and a lot of positive things actually remained. Um, they had the yes, leverage true. and they had a lot of people who were willing to see a default. They were, you know, I don't know if they're pro Russia or pro China or what it is, but they wanted, you know, they, and I don't want to say they wanted, but they were willing to take us over the cliff because yes. they knew Joe Biden was going to pay for it in the long run. And a lot of them are in really deep red territory and they're like, I'm going to be safe. Um, and we'll blame it on Joe Biden. But I think, again, Leader McCarthy understood that the, the majority wouldn't be safe. And, you know, it's a slim majority. And Joe Biden, again, what if we have Joe Biden versus Donald Trump and the economy is bad? It's still a toss up because Donald Trump has a lot of troubles coming yeah. up. Um, oh, yes. You know, it's getting <laughs> caught on tape again. Can I ask um, you about that? Can I, I'm, I'm dying to get your thoughts on this one because we, we heard this last night. I mean, CNN reported this tape exists. There's always a tape of comb over Caligula in his Bedminster Golf Club in Jersey. Uh, this is July of two years ago. And there's at least two Trump aides in the meeting. Um, and it was recorded. And it was about eight, former Mark Meadows aides in a book. But during the meeting, multiple people have said this. And Jack Smith has the tape. Trump said he had classified Pentagon documents about a potential attack on Iran. And the recording pretty much indicates that Trump knew two years ago that he had things he wasn't supposed to have. And even though he says he wants to share it, he knew he wasn't allowed to declassify it. I mean, my God, another smoking gun that will this just go down the the Merrick Garland hole and never be heard from again. You know, it's funny. Um, I do a lot of conservative media and everybody accuses the DOJ on both sides of the aisle, accuses the DOJ of stonewalling and being too. With the right, it's Hunter Biden. And on the left, it's uh, some of these Trump investigations. Um, I I think that Jack Smith is doing a very independent investigation. Indeed. Um, I think Merrick Garland is very afraid of of appearing political or or appearing tied to the Biden family. He has to understand that that's impossible. (laughs) Like he's always, you know, he's Merrick Garland and they are going to accuse him of being in, you know, it's it's almost hilarious. I was on TV the other day and they were talking about, you know, Merrick Garland isn't going to go against his boss. And I was like, "Yeah, yeah, but you got to understand when Jeff Sessions got got fired for trying to be independent. And when they fired him, they said, hey, he serves at the pleasure of the president. You know, they they made every excuse in the book for that. And then Bill Barr, of course, was in the tank for for the uh, for the Trump presidency and put out things to preempt uh, the Mueller report and all kinds of things. But they don't acknowledge that. I don't think Merrick Garland is getting in the way of uh, at all of, of Jack Smith's investigation. I think Jack Smith is just trying to do a very thorough investigation because the last thing you want is for Republicans to be able to throw something around about FISA courts and you know right. and, and steal dossiers and all kinds of. You want to cross your T's and dot your I's in this situation. And I think that's what Jack Smith is doing. But a well, recording, yeah. as we saw with the Eugene Carroll case, recordings can be the death nail. When they have you on tape saying something uh, and admitting to the crime, which it yeah. appears that I haven't heard the recording, none of us have, but if, and they, they say it does exist, 
if it does what CNN is reporting it does, and he says what CNN is reporting he's saying, then in fact, he is in a lot of trouble in that case. And a lot of trouble, a lot of trouble. Uh, and not just because of the timeline issues where they have the security cameras and they know that they move documents out of the storage rooms before the searches were going to happen because they're really dumb. But like Jason, you know, Donald Trump is on tape a lot over the last nine months going in front of any camera he can to assert that he had the power as president to mentally declassify any document he wanted to. And we all made a lot of fun of him and joked about it. But he says there's no process. You can declassify it just by saying it's declassified, even by thinking about it, which is nonsense. But this has been his defense. And of course, a lot of his defenses are, well, it can't be wrong if I really believed it. Now we have him on tape. We have him on tape stating that he knows he's not allowed to do it. I mean, this tape blows his entire defense apart and it really exposes him to a lot of criminal charges. He can't use the I'm too dumb and don't know the facts excuse anymore, especially because Evan Corkin gave him 50 pages of notes saying this is illegal. 50 pages of notes that Jack Smith now has. Right. And, and you know, the, the other interesting thing about this is a lot of people on the right try to make it seem like Donald Trump was an anti-war president. But yeah. apparently this document that he was waving around was about attacking Iran. Yep. You know, it's potentially starting a war with Iran, which, by the way, would not be pretty. If you think Iraq was bad, Iran mm -hmm. would be probably yep. twice as bad. That's so right. The fact and that and why did he take it? And, and who was he letting see it? Because he's talking about this form and he's in Bedminster where our good friends, the Saudis, who would love to attack Iran half the time, where they were having their live golf murder tournament where they paid Trump gazillions of dollars to use his brand name. Yeah, no, absolutely. It, it's a really, um, I hope that this is, you know, kind of a, a real serious linchpin in this investigation and, and will lead to charges. A lot of people are saying that this is the most serious and that this is the one he's in, mo in the most jeopardy. That's what I keep hearing. I'm not sure I, I agree with that. I think Georgia is probably I, I think is the is is one because it's 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 a state uh, level investigation and those charges would be state charges. So if he gets elected president, he can't pardon himself from that. Now, right. Brian Kemp can, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, Brian Kemp can do it, and he would. Right. Um, he would, but. You know, Trump can. I, I think there's it will, it will cause another constitutional crisis, but Trump could potentially pardon himself. There's nothing that li that at least specifically says that he can't. You I know, mean, but how much you want to how much you want to bet that Donald Trump has pardoned himself and is just sitting on that and thinks that that's going to be his final in case of emergency break glass? Like how much? Because I'll bet you anything he's going to come out and say he did it retroactively uh, and, and try to use that as a defense as well. Yeah, well, you can't pardon yourself for future crimes, can you? I mean, that sounds I think like Donald Trump would argue that he could. I bet you Donald Trump would argue that he could. Yeah, I'm, uh, I, I mean, mean who, of course he'd argue. Be a weak argument. He's he argued that Article Two of the of of uh, the Constitution allows him to do anything he wants as president. He literally argued that a president can't break the law, which will be big news to people who hate Barack Obama and Joe Biden. But Trump said presidents are legally allowed to do anything they want. <laughs> Unless right. they're Barack Obama. So, I mean, I, I don't put anything past him. And I, I think he's going to be making for a very entertaining summer. But do you do you think he's going to be able to withstand this? I mean, we, we've seen, you know, Bobby Sands was a member of parliament in the UK who was elected from prison. Donald Trump can run while under multiple indictments. He's going to have to show up in Alvin Bragg's courtroom 20 days after Super Tuesday. I mean, I, I think I've been saying Ron DeSantis' whole strategy at this point is just to outlast him. I, I, I don't know. It seems like Trump's going to be really good at fundraising off of his own crimes and using those donations to pay his lawyers. Yeah, I mean, uh, I mean, isn't Netanyahu still like under some kind of exactly. investigation or, yeah. or indictment or something? And he and he won, you know, That's with right. those legal troubles for corruption, by the way. Mm -hmm. um, and we see it uh, in, in France. It's been in Italy. You know, leaders who have been under indictment have won, uh, have right. won elections. So 
I think it's it's not inconceivable. And one of the things that Donald Trump did was rip off the blanket that covered us when, you know, that we thought American exceptionalism was like, you know, like that we are not like the rest of the world. Like the rest of the world has these corrupt leaders and yeah. warlords and all that. We're not like that. And Donald Trump has shown us, no, we are just like that. We are. Yeah, we he's, are. he's our Berlusconi. I've always thought I've, I call him Berlusconi over but still, absolutely. Hey, Jason, let me ask you one other thing. It's Pride Month and we're trying to make sense tonight over the right wing boycotts. Um, are these people really that anti free speech? Are they really that anti corporate world? Are they really that anti liberty? Or are these people just doing it because they're the right wing and they got nothing else? I mean, you know, Budweiser, Coles, uh, now having a boycotts against Chick-fil-A, even Fox News for having a DEI office, uh, going into Target and tearing up displays because they have a rainbow on it for Pride Month. Like, yeah. where is this coming from? And, and why have they singled in on homophobia, which I thought was done for the GOP when Donald Trump declared he supported marriage equality? Yeah, you know, uh, <laughs> I, I think it's really interesting to have this conversation because, you know, one of the things that we talk about a lot on the show that I'm on um, is, you know, following all of these boycotts. And, and yeah. I will say they've been really effective with some of the these boycotts. I mean, what was the Target lost $9 billion and yeah. Bud Light and Anheuser-Busch lost $10 billion or something to that effect. I wish African-Americans were as effective today at boycotting like the state of Florida um, as Republicans are with Target and with Budweiser yeah. and, and Bud Light. And it's really interesting to me also, they say it's all about the kids. It's the sexualization of kids. And I'm like, yeah, Bud Light? I, I didn't know kids were drinking Bud Light, you know? Um, but apparently, uh, you know, it's about the kids and Bud Light. It doesn't make any sense to me. And yeah, I, by honestly, the way, by the way, this is this is the week after we find out that, you know, in, in Illinois, uh, 2000 children were raped by clergy over a 70 year period. But I'm hearing so much more outrage about the grooming that goes on by having a rainbow display in uh, in the middle of a target. I've tried to articulate this over and over again, the fact that Having a, a rainbow onesie is about identity and not about sex. These people are making everything about sex. I think that's weird. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, you know, there was a there was a review in the New York Times uh, for the new uh, Little Mermaid film, yeah. uh-huh. and uh, the guy said the film misses or, or lacks kink, and they were like. This is some this is sexual. And I was like, did you read it in context? Like kink. I, and, you know, I, I went to the, the camera and I looked directly in it and I was like, for any of the audience that's watching, I want you to go to the dictionary or go online and look up the word kink and see what you find. You, know I mean? you won't find there. You'll find like five other definitions before you get to anything sexual. Oh, yeah. Kink is a is a twist or a turn that's unexpected. But that's it, right? It's just the nonstop search for outrage. It's the angergasm machine that they need to have. They have nothing to offer non-millionaires. They have nothing to offer those white people that are working class that they go for. They have nothing to offer them on a policy level. So they've got to have boogeymen. They've got to scare them. They've got to convince the overwhelming white heterosexual majority that a tiny minority is an existential threat. It is the lamest fascism 101 play in the book. And it seems to always work, Jason. And Democrats are walking around in clown shoes, not able to call it out. Well, I'll say this. I, I think that a lot of these corporations, the reasons why you haven't seen the LGBT community or uh, any, you know, the left community writ large back mm -hmm. any of these corporations is that we all realize that this, you know, these pride display, displays are not real advocacy for the LGBT community. They're, they're money yes. making. You know, it's that's why. Service. Yeah, like. It's it, rainbow it's, washing. 
Right, exactly. So it's it's not sincere enough to to garner people to say, oh, I'm shopping at Target or I'm going to support Target. I think we are at some point moving toward and they're going after Chick-fil-A. They're eating their own now. They're, 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 going after they're doing it. They're going after Fox. Going after Fox for having a DEI department. Yeah, I mean, it, it's it's absurd. Um, I can tell you that I think in the long run, it really is going to be split. We really are going to have left wing you know, left-wing corporations and right-wing corporations. And yeah. we're going to have, you know, uh, left-wing vacation spots and right-wing vacation spots. That's and, right. you know, I, I one of the things that I've said, and now our governor has come out and said, I like to think it's because he, he read it from me. But, uh, you know, in Maryland, we were, you know, we were like, look, after that travel advisory from the NAACP, I was like, look, come to Maryland for the summer. Because they're nice. the they're, they're right literally laughed at black people, laughed at the NAACP. Like, you're going to come to Florida anyway. We don't care. You know, we're still going to do everything to disrespect you. And you're still going to spend your money here. And then it's like, yo, here, come to Maryland. We have beaches. You know, hmm. we may not have the palm trees, but we have beaches. We have cities. We have mountains. We have everything that you're looking for. Nice. Um, and spend your money with us. Spend your money in a state where the leadership actually respects you. And I think that it's going to get to that. It's sad that we're getting, we're headed in that direction. But I thought marriage equality was decided. Like, I thought that was a conversation that was over. We were not going to have that conversation anymore. But yet, now we're, we're going against, we're not even letting gay families decide that they can put a onesie on their own children. But yet... They go everywhere. They're on. They're on. Uh, you know, every TV station. Even That's Glenn right. Youngkin got elected by saying parents should be able to make decisions for their children's education. Wait a second. Wearing a mask. Like, parents should decide. Parents should be the ones that decide if their child wears a mask, sir. But parents right. have no say right. with your trans children. But, the government should decide. Yeah, and and they can't wear a rainbow T-shirt because you know. That's somehow a rainbow is sexual, out of, you know, <laughs> not identity. And well, gay parents for... can't even make that decision for their own children. So I think this is this is something where I, I'm I'm honestly leaning toward. You know, I'm somebody who goes into conservative spaces. I'm somebody who believes that we should be talking to one another. But it's going to get to a point where if this continues, if if we keep getting Ron DeSantis and Greg Abbott's and Ron DeSantis lights around the Preach. country. Preach. I'm only going to spend my money in places where I'm respected and where my my gay and lesbian and transgender friends are respected. You know, that's that's what I think. I can't top it, man. That's like we got to end on that note. What is the best way, Dr. Nichols, for our listeners to follow you and keep up with your work? Yeah, um, you can find me on Facebook, Jason Nichols, Ph.D., or just Jason Nichols, either one. You know, I got two pages. You can find me on Blue Sky. I'm still not sure if that's opened up yet, but I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna try and get more active in it. Um, but again, one of those things that I'm that I'm starting to kind of stay away from, at least a little, a lot less, is you know Elon's project. So I know. You, you, know, you can find me on any social media other than that one. Well, and you still have an account on right-wing social media platform uh, for propaganda, Twitter, uh, but I'm glad you're everywhere else, too. Jason Nichols, thank you so much for joining us and classing up our show on another Thursday night. It's always an honor, sir. Have a great, great weekend. Yeah, you too. Thank you. Thank you, brother. Thank you, sir. We'll be right back with your calls and me thanking you for your patience on hold. 866-997-GRIT. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs. A gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash to watch Sleeping Dogs. Now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. 
That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. I'm John Fugelstein getting my facts together. And this is SiriusXM Progress. We are at 866-997-4748. 866-997-GRIT. We're going to be joined by just in just a moment by the great Thea Harper. Right now, let's go to the phones for just a second, because some of y'all have been on hold forever. Hello to uh, Mitch and Kent State. Welcome. Thank you, John. Hey, uh, by the way, uh, 10 years to the date after Sergeant Pepper, Alan Parsons' iRobot was released. Of course, at Abbey Road Studios. Um, wow. I Robot, which one of the first uh, albums to you know take on AI. <laughs> it was, uh, I'm not going to even try and out geek you if you know that. I knew it was the Sergeant Pepper anniversary. I didn't know it was the <laughs> what had happened on the 10 year anniversary of it. Well what done, a great album though. I mean, uh, he has uh, you know uh, breakdown and uh, you know they just uh, just a fantastic album. But how it weaves in and out, uh, you know, it's, it's so, um, so so classic, yeah. so poignant. But uh, the um, the other thing was the uh, the, the bedding. The bedding was also on the state in 1969. Oh, John and Yoko's bedding in, in, in Canada. Nice. Right, right. And I didn't course, know. Uh, get a I know. I know Paul McCartney and Wings released Live and Let Die 50 years ago today. How about that? Did you have that one? But you know that Art Garfunkel graduated from Columbia University today in 1965. Would you, you know, believe was... I don't actually have Art Garfunkel's uh, uh, academic achievements chart here <laughs> on my calendar? So, no, I had no idea. Yeah, you know, and, and when the, when they when they came out with Wednesday morning three a.m., you know, the uh, their first album, uh, Paul went solo for a while because Art didn't finish school yet, you know. Right. And so um, Paul went solo and did had that uh, you know his kind of a mini solo career there while uh, oh. you know, Garfield went back to school, and of course when. Uh, the Sounds of Science came out. You know, it was like a rebirth mm. really, between okay. the two of them. And of course, uh, I never knew that. with the with the bass and the drum, but. Uh, Never, uh, never knew it. I wasn't alive yet, so you're out geeking me on many fronts. <laughs> but hey, you know, Patti Smith released People Have the Power 35 years ago today as a single. That's right. Released it 35 years ago today. A radio show should make that its closing theme someday. What, what else is yeah. on your mind where, in the world, where, where, Mitch? Can I, where can I hear that song? I don't know. Maybe the only people who make it to the end of this show know what that song sounds like. Speaking of Simon Garfunkel, Mrs. Robinson was also released today in 1968. So, oh my God, you're still going to pull this? He's, he's still doing it. Well, Bob That's Dylan it. released Joker Man as a single on this date in 1984. So there, I can do this all night. I can, <laughs> I'll go toe-to-toe with you, man. Let's slug it out. That's right. Uh, but, you know, you know, everyone thinks of the Eagles as being the first you know, country rock group. But really, I mean, we, Poco had that, you know, years before that. Well, of course, even the Flying Brudo Brothers, you know, and, and the Birds. Yeah. Well, even before that, the band, you know, I mean, yeah, but I, right. I, you know, but the, the band's called Americana, even though most of them were Canadian. But I think the Eagles got the credit in the 70s for creating that sound that we describe as country rock. Right, right, right. And well, of course, National Skyline before that even also. Mm-hmm. But, you yeah. know, and John, you know, I, I didn't get to talk to you also for what, Dylan's birthday. I know uh, my favorite album, again, of all time is Gobby John Wesley Harding. I think that album wow. just... Uh, you know, it's just such a stark, you know, is again a rebirth for for Bob. Also, his voice changed. You know, well, you got to listen uh, to the new album. Yeah. The new album comes out this weekend, Shadow Kingdom, which was a pay per view special two years ago, and it's amazing. And it's a lot of songs he's doing on his tour right now. And it's Bob just reimagining his old songs, which a lot of artists mm. are doing. You two just put out four discs of it, but uh, it's right. getting amazing reviews. The film, the black and white film, is terrific. But I, I think you're going to love it. it. His singing is great and. He really gives new life to all these songs. Mm, looking forward to John. Things don't kill me, but I'm going to change the subject here. I was going to talk okay. about uh, Charles. Charles Blow had an article in the paper about the about the Republican candidates. But I don't know if you about. Heard there was a, a Catholic church near here, near Cleveland here, and yes. uh, what the priest's sermon was. Uh, you know, talk about how the uh, gays and the you know and the LGBT community and they also you know have to get it right. They uh, have to come back. They have to make uh, you know come back and uh, see their you know come back to their senses more or less. I guess you know right. and, and you know it's just that 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 straight hate. You know, just straight hate. Right. 
Okay. And uh, it, uh, the community is very conservative, I guess, uh, for one thing. But uh, there was a there was a, a parishioner there who was away for a while and came back home. And matter of fact, he was a he was an older boy there and everything back when he was a kid. But anyway, okay. he came back for that mass, and he just got up right up to the to the uh, priest's lectern and just spoke out and said, you know, that, that this is wrong. Christ loves all, you know. And, nice. and the well, crowd yeah. was just stunned. You know, they, they, they were just absolutely stunned. But they uh, mostly took the side of the priest. It's just unbelievable. You know, there was a couple of preachers that. who walked out with the, with the boy and, yeah. you know, get, to give him support. And it just... It, you know, it's just, it's just wrong. I, 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 I'm, I'm with you, know, you, man. I've been I'm Catholic all my life, and I, I, you know, I still hear it from time to time. That, my God, you know, what, what, I don't understand. I really don't understand. I thought because was I'll tell you why. I'll tell you. I'll tell you why. Because people will never stop, whatever religion they are, creating this God in their own image, and people mm-hmm. are never going to stop somehow trying to find a way where Jesus will give them license to be bigots towards gay people. They're looking for an exception to Jesus's command to treat the least of these people as you would treat him. Jesus is very simple. He's like, however, however you treat transgender people is how you treat Jesus. He says it. However you treat the least of these, the lowest in your society is how you treat me. So that, for me as a kid, I was like, well, there you go. Got to love everybody. Got to the, the ones who are on the bottom are the ones you got to lift up. But no, right wing yep. Christians don't want to let go of their prejudices because they for many of them, their real religion is pretending they're better than other people. Exactly. And so they uh, you know, are always going to look for a spiritual license to hate, and Jesus is never going to give them one. And this priest, I guess he, you know, the, 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 the point of the sermon was that the, the, the church was under attack, you know, by the, uh, by the LGBT community and by the system of perpetual indulgence and all this stuff, you know. Yeah, and, and, and the uh, one parishioner says, uh, the Catholic Church is more powerful than the sisters of perpetual indulgence. I can't convince people yes. that what sisters do is not offensive. That's fine. You can at least agree that they don't actually pose a real threat to the Catholic Church. I'll tell mean, you something. Just, Anyone uh, who's offended at the sister, these drag queens who dress up as nuns and do little shows to raise money for at-risk gay teams? Yeah. These people aren't offended by the way the church has treated gay folks for mm. hundreds of years. So really, let's talk about what's more offensive, driving people to suicide. I, I mean, come on. I just come on. Gay people have come so far so fast and some people can't handle it. But we're getting better. And you'd think that if they'd actually read the New Testament, they'd realize that the struggle for gay acceptance is the gospel. It is everything that you're supposed to do. It's a story of death, humiliation and rebirth. It's Easter. That's what gay rights is. It's coming from from the depths. It's being rejected by everyone and then being able to rise again. It's a beautiful story. It's a Christian story. But the bigots don't read the Jesus parts. You're at the the, the rant. You know, like 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 one like uh, person said, you know, I thought we all carried the Holy Spirit. And, you know, yeah. trans and, and again, Christianity also. is supposed to be a yeah. sanctuary city. It's supposed to be a place where you go for refuge. Mitch, right. you're a gentleman. I don't know why you listen to this show. You completely <laughs> owned me again in classic rock minutiae trivia. And I got to run because it's time to take a very quick break. We'll be right back. This is Progress. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. I'm John Fugel saying this is Progress After Dark. It's time to welcome back the great Thea Harper and the Minority Report. All's my life I has to fight. All's my life I hard times like yeah. Bad trips like yeah. Nazareth, I'm fed up, homie. You fed up, but if God got us, then we gon' be alright. So 
2020, 268,884 women were reported missing, according to the National Crime Information Center. Nearly 100,000 of those missing women were black women and girls. Black women account for less than 15% of our U.S. population, but they make up more than one-third of all missing women reported since 2020. Why don't we know their names? In a world of missing white women syndrome, who is pushing back? Who is trying to provide justice? I am always thrilled whenever we can welcome our terrific producer, Thea Harper, back to the show. Hi, Thea. Hey, John. How are you? Welcome back from your vacation. I'm good. How are you? I'm very, very good. And I have to confess, you brought a story tonight that I I didn't know much about. But apparently, (laughs) some very, very conscientious people in Minnesota are tired of statistics like the one I just rattled off. Yeah, so in Minnesota, the first office for missing and murdered Black women and girls uh, opened. And pretty much, I I should say that this story starts with a black woman by the name of Lakeisha Lee, whose sister, Brittany Clardy, went missing over 10 years ago. And Lakeisha and her family notified the police immediately uh, when Brittany went missing, uh, when, when she didn't answer any calls or any messages on social media. Um, and Lakeisha says that she was pretty much brushed off by the police. And really? she said, she said that she knew something was wrong right away um, when the police asked her about her asked her her sister's age and asked about her demographics, um, and the police just assumed that Brittany, you know, since she just turned eighteen, she probably just ran away with a boyfriend. Mm. Now, two weeks later, Brittany was found murdered in the trunk of her car, and because of uh, of that, Lakeisha wonders if her sister could have been saved if the police launched an investigation a lot sooner. Well, yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. I mean, that, right. that that's it, right? Like, what's it going to take to make law enforcement look for all missing women and girls with the right. same conviction and vigor? So because of this, over the last couple of years, Lakeisha has led Minnesota's task force that has been dedicated to understanding why African-American women and girls go missing and help and helping families. Um, Illinois and Wisconsin have followed Minnesota in implementing task forces to look into the disparities around violence against black women and girls. Um, but this year, Minnesota enacted a law creating the nation's first office of missing and murdered African-American women and girls. Really? Now, I know that yes. there have been there have been offices around the country and in Canada to find, you know, in, missing indigenous women and girls. Um, mm-hmm. What is the office in Minnesota going to do? Uh, so what they're um, doing is. They will investigate cold cases and reopen cases where black women or girls were declared to have died by suicide or drug overdose drug overdose if the situation was suspicious. Really? Um, it will also assist police agencies and community groups in active cases and serve as a new point of contact for those who um, are a bit hesitant about talking uh, with the police. Now, I, I read that African-American women and girls are only, what, like 7% of the population of, of Minnesota? What What is the percentage of uh, domestic violence for uh, African-American women and girls in Minnesota? Right. So um, they represent 40% of domestic violence victims. 40 per, 40%? And they're 40%. 7% of the, po- 7% of the population, 40% mm-hmm. of domestic violence victims. Yeah, and they're also nearly three times more likely than their white peers to be murdered um, in Minnesota. I mean, this task force is, it sounds great, but it's hard to to take my mind away from the fact that this task force shouldn't exist. I mean, this task right. force exists because because the police haven't done the job. These women have not been found, and these families have not had any kind of answers. Yeah, I mean... There, there are so many stories um, in the article where they say, um, you know, the police just say, you know, they're just saying, oh, you know, that woman is a prostitute or she's a runaway. And, you know, they're really not stepping up and um, really handling the situation. Um, it's really just based on, you know, assumptions. 
Now, I mean, are the police, I guess the police are open to this because it, it's it's help. I mean, it, it allows them to have old cases opened up. And, and um, I'm guessing there's no like, I mean, there really is no centralized agency on tracking these cases. It's just cool yeah. case files that pile up. Mm-hmm. And the police, they're very um, open uh, to this. Uh, there was an officer uh, in the article that was saying that that they have noticed that within the increase in incidents of violence within uh, within our communities uh, for black women and girls, there has also been a decrease in resources and services dedicated, dedicated efforts and support to help solve these crimes. So, Jesus. you know, hoping with this task force, you know, there could they could bring some some justice or some hope uh, to these families, to the victims' I mean- families. We're a long way from more civilian oversight of police. But to me, having task forces like this that work with the police that aren't made up of police, but rather made of people who, you know, have the time and care and are trying to find answers to this. I mean, it seems like it helps everybody. Right. I mean, community and intervention is imperative when it comes to this. And, you know, I I think this initiative will will be crucial. And I think I also look forward to. Um, this initiative expanding to other states. And I also hope that, you know, there will be less assumptions when black women and black girls go missing and for there to be more of a concern and care when we go missing. Uh, So I really hope this task force, you know, starts to really address these these disparities, give these families some answers. I agree. And I really hope that more states take a page out of their book and create these task forces as well, because, you know, it's not going to happen with the police on their own. So let's devote more resources and more people to be able to open cold case files. I mean, my God, it's like, it's so necessary. These numbers are such an outrage and it's, it's such an injustice on top of the tragedy and the crime and the loss. Thea, this is, this is a really encouraging story. Thank you so much. Thank you, John. I'm going to tweet this one out if you're looking for it. Uh, You can find it at the the first office for missing and murdered black women and girls set for Minnesota. Thank you, Miss Harper. We got to go. Thank you, Chris. I'm John Peoples saying keep it tuned to SiriusXM Progress. Peace. Peace.